This episode of Meeting in Middle America with Stephen Olakara is brought to you by UW-Milwaukee, Waggett, and Bridge and & Build. And now, here's your host, founder and CEO of the Millennial Action Project, Stephen Olakara. Welcome to Meeting in Middle America, our podcast, Meeting the Leaders, and exploring the ideas bringing people together here in the Midwest. On the show today is a bipartisan duo of attorney generals here in Wisconsin, our current attorney general, Josh Call, and our former attorney general, J.B. Van Hollen. J.B. and Josh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Now, both of our attorney generals on the show have recently uh, formed a bipartisan coalition here in Wisconsin called Vote Safe Wisconsin, which is focused on absentee voting and safely voting in this election cycle. And we'll get into those issues. But first, uh, uh, Attorney General Call, let's start with you and hear a bit more about your personal background. Your mom used to serve as attorney general. I didn't I was thinking I knew that about yourself. I didn't realize the last Democratic attorney general was uh, your mom. And you grew up in in Oshkosh and Fond du Lac and uh, went to school outside of the state and had a few jobs and then came back. So where did the passion for politics and law really start for you? Well, as you talked about, you know, I, I grew up in a family that was involved in public service. Um, in addition to my mom, my, my stepdad, Bill, was a police officer with uh, the Nina Police Department. And, you know, I saw growing up the impact that you can have on your community uh, in making a positive difference by, by being involved in public service. Uh, my mom's parents were both public school teachers in Fond du Lac. And it wasn't unusual to see their old students uh, come up to them and talk to them about, you know, what an impact they had made on them. And being involved in public service is something that that has always been of interest to me. So I spent part of my career as a federal prosecutor in Baltimore. I prosecuted drug traffickers, gang members, and murderers. Uh, and I also spent part of my career doing voting rights work, uh, which I thought was also uh, really important. It's, it's hard to have a more significant public service in a democracy than fighting to protect people's right to vote. And, you know, this, this was a natural outgrowth of that work and of the work that, uh, that I do, that JB did, uh, and that a lot of other AGs have done uh, working to protect the rule of law and, and voting rights. That's great. And now let's go to our firm, former Attorney General, J.B. Van Hahn. Tell us more about your upbringing. You grew up in the northernmost part of the state. When people say they're vacationing up north, they're going up to where you are, I, I imagine. And, and tell us more about how you first got involved in public service. Yeah, it's kind of funny. People over the years have said, yeah, I'm from northern Wisconsin, too. I'm from Eau Claire or Wausau or Green Bay. <laughs> well, being up in Bayfield County, I always kind of laugh that off because, of course, it's central Wisconsin. But um, when I was born, my father was in the state legislature, uh, serving with people who went on to be lifelong friends of his and mine and very involved in politics, such as Governor Tommy Thompson and former Congressman or soon to be former Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner and uh, former Governor Tony Earle. And so politics was always a big part of my life, um, especially bipartisan politics, because, uh, you know, like former Governor Tony Earle and my dad were, were dear friends, as were many others in, in the other political party. And so I was always intrigued by the ability to uh, have my political values, but not have them get personal with people on the other side. And I thought, uh, you know, in law enforcement, that was a great way to exhibit those. So uh, I served as attorney general in two northern counties. I served as United States attorney, another piece of trivia, uh, just after Josh's mom served. And then I served as attorney general in Wisconsin 
just after Josh's mom did. So I followed in her footsteps in, in quite a number of different positions. I noticed a pattern there. <laughs> now, let's go to the Vote Safe Coalition here in Wisconsin. How did this come together? And did you both know each other before forming this coalition? Um, we had known each other a little bit, uh, but I would say we've certainly got to gotten to know each other better as this has gone on. And, uh, you know, speaking for myself, I'll tell you, it's uh, there is so much divisiveness and so much partisanship in, in politics. And I really think it's gotten worse over time. And being able to work together across the aisle on an area of shared interests uh, is great. And it's an it's a an area that we both care a lot about, which is fundamentally uh, protecting our, our democracy. Uh, there's a national vote safe coalition and they were working to set up uh, state affiliates. Uh, and in a lot of states, there's a secretary of state who oversees elections. Uh, in Wisconsin, though, our secretary of state doesn't have those duties. Uh, and so uh, they reached out to uh, A.G. Van Hollen, they reached out to me, and, uh, and here we are. And uh, when they did reach out to you, J.B., what did you think and what convinced you to be part of this effort? Well, I knew that General Call had uh, some uh, voting issues that were a big part of his background as well. And I know, having served as Attorney General, that uh, they were going to be part of his portfolio as Attorney General as well. Uh, when I was Attorney General, I worked very hard on voting rights. I, I think they're extremely important, the most fundamental part of our society. Um, and so being able to partner with somebody like General Call uh, to be able to promote something that I know we both agree on, uh, and we're just encouraging people to vote and encouraging people to vote uh, either in person or by absentee uh, and informing people that we think uh, they're both safe and secure methods. Um, what better way to uh, to do something than to have a bipartisan effort with, you know, the chief law enforcement officer in the state and, and somebody of the other party who used to be. That's right. Well, Millennial Action Project, my nonprofit, is proud to be one of the members of the Vote Safe Coalition. And as we've been trying to promote absentee voting, one uh, question that often comes up is, you know, where can I drop off my ballot? And we've been trying to provide really consistent information for people. And of course, you can drop it off uh, at your local clerk's office, and there are secure drop boxes across the state. One question uh, for, for either of you to answer is, do we know for sure that there are drop boxes in every municipality in Wisconsin, or is it most of them? So I know uh, the answer to at least part of that, which is I, I don't believe it's every municipality. And if you want to learn where there are drop boxes in your area, you can contact your, your local clerk. Um, some municipalities have them, uh, a number don't, but I, I believe everywhere in the state, you can drop your absentee ballot at the local municipal clerk's office. Uh, so you can contact them and make sure there's a time that works if, uh, if you want to set up that kind of drop off. And of course, there's also the option uh, of using the mail. Um, as we get closer and closer to the election, I think people will be uh, more inclined to vote in person to make sure their ballot gets there in time. But there's still plenty of time uh, between now and the election for votes to get in by mail. And have you gotten any indication from the Postal Service that there might be delays? And, you know, there is the official date when you need to mail it by, but should the advice be to mail even before that just to avoid any possible delays? No, I, I, I laugh when you ask the question because I was watching Thursday Night Football last night and the United States Postal Service had an advertisement uh, saying that we can trust them with our absentee ballot. So if you've seen it in a TV commercial, it's got to be true. Um, but the uh, 
I think it's very safe for people who mail their ballots early to assume that the Postal Service is going to get them through. I think if there are going to be any exceptions, they're going to be rare. Postal Service is certainly on high alert after some problems that have occurred in the past. Um, but it's one of the things that General Call and I are, are doing is trying to encourage people not to wait. Because if you wait till there's five days before the election, there is a risk. Um, and I think a very real risk that your vote won't be counted if you vote absentee. That's why we're telling people to request your ballot early, return it early, return it to your municipal clerk's office if you can, but don't be scared if you get too close to the election time to come and vote in person. I think mm -hmm. most of us would agree now that we have very safe polling locations nowadays uh, and that people, unless they're, of course, high risk, shouldn't, shouldn't fear voting in person. Yeah. Now, for general call, there's been some recent rulings by federal judges around whether the ballot needs to be postmarked by November 3rd or whether it needs to be received by November 3rd. So a two-part question. One is, uh, where do you stand on that issue? And two, here's what I've been asking when we've been getting these rulings is, shouldn't there be a deadline before, before which any kind of ruling should be made? Because it just seems to be very confusing for voters. They don't know when does my ballot actually need to be postmarked by. Yeah, you know, courts have a principle that once it gets uh, close to an election, they try not to change the rules. But of course, uh, you know, people bring lawsuits and uh, decisions sometimes take a while to issue. And unfortunately, we sometimes have decisions that come down closer to the election than I think anybody would like. Um, but here's what I would say to anybody who's following that issue. First, as uh, A.G. Van Hollen just said, don't worry about that issue if you can get your ballot in early. If you get it in early, it's a non-issue for you. So that's the most important thing. Um, the court decisions are still, the court process is still going on. So we don't know what the final deadline is going to be yet. So I would encourage everybody to prepare as though their ballot needs to be received by November 3rd. Now, if in a few weeks, it's clear that the court decisions have all been made and uh, it will only need to be postmarked, postmarked by November 3rd and then received within six days of that. You know, people will get that message out and, and people will see that. But if you can, if you can get your ballot in before then, uh, that gets rid of any concerns about these issues. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, and for A.G. Van Hollen, there's been a conversation about whether absentee ballots can be pre-counted. I know that's currently not what happens here in Wisconsin, but some people have been proposing that. Would would you support that type of measure to avoid delays in processing absentee ballots? And if so, what needs to change in the law to in order for that to happen? Well, I hate to, especially since I'm no longer in office, to dodge the actual question. But one of the things that is allowing Vote Safe Wisconsin to be a bipartisan or nonpartisan coalition is we're not taking policy positions. Um, certainly not on interviews that are involving vote safe. Just as uh, if you notice, General Call didn't answer whether he supported uh, oh, I the extra <laughs> six days after. Um, I, I really don't think it's appropriate for us to be siding one way or the other. All that we're trying to encourage people is there is litigation over what the voting rules are. There are different proposed pieces of legislation over what voting rules should be. Um, and because of that uncertainty, that's why we're encouraging people to vote early through their absentees so they don't have to worry about it, as General Call said, or to feel comfortable voting in person if they're not high risk for COVID. Um, because there is that uncertainty out there and there will continue to be, I think, until we get very close. And even if uh, the courts uphold the ability to count the ballots if they're postmarked on time, 
Uh, I know that I have mail that doesn't get delivered for seven or eight days. So there's even if it's postmarked on time, there's no guarantee it would would get through. So people just really shouldn't wait that long uh, and they shouldn't trust that uh, some law is going to change and help them down the road. That makes sense. Now, one of the things I saw in the news recently is actually with a a group that um, we've been in touch with and uh, have uh, they've made grants actually to some municipalities in Wisconsin. Uh, I know one of the organizations is called the Center for Tech and Civic Life. There might be others out there, too. And basically what they're trying to do is help to bolster the capacity for elections officials to provide PPE and and other equipment. And so maybe I'll throw this to um, General Call. Um, Is is that the first time you've ever seen that? And is it helpful for private philanthropy to ensure that elections officials have the resources they need? Um, I know some people have been questioning whether that's appropriate or not, but just curious your, your thoughts on that. It's certainly different from what we've seen before. And one of, you know, the the Vote Safe Coalition has basically taken two positions and they're not on specific issues. They're just sort of overarching principles. And this relates to one of them. Uh, One one of the two principles is that every voter in Wisconsin should be able to safely cast a ballot uh, through their preferred method of voting, whether absentee or or in person. Uh, And then secondly, we've encouraged Congress to step up and make sure that there's funding available so that clerks can make sure that polling places are safe. Uh, and to the extent that there is, uh, there are resources going to providing PPE and then making sure that people feel safe at their polling places, I, I think that that's a good thing. Um, what I would say though, and this is uh, I think important to emphasize, you know, a, a number of people voted in the April election in Wisconsin, which was very soon after the pandemic hit. And uh, clerk's offices were scrambling to respond to an unprecedented situation we're in a really different spot now. Clerks have had a lot of time to prepare. They've had time to set up safety protocols and we know more about the coronavirus than we did at that time. And so uh, I, I think AG Van, Van Hollen and I both agree on this. In-person voting is going to be much safer now than it would have been uh, in April and, and at a time when people were scrambling. And so I, I believe that Wisconsinites are safe voting in, in person now. Yeah. And and voting early in person, too. I was so impressed. Uh, I vote here in Milwaukee, so impressed with the quality of the staff and how well organized it was. So I was really, really pleased with that experience. Now, one thing that was bipartisan, and I'll throw this question to uh, to A.G. Van Hollen, is uh, there was a bipartisan decision by the Wisconsin Elections Commission to mail out absentee ballot requests to most registered voters in Wisconsin and I'm just curious, from your perspective, do you think that type of thing is is helpful for people to get a reminder that they should be requesting an absentee ballot, even if they don't fill it out in paper? My sense is a number of people will still log online and request their ballot electronically. But how significant was that decision from the Wisconsin Elections Commission? I think under the circumstances we're under with COVID that it was very significant. I don't know that it's something that needs to be done every election cycle, but the number of absentee ballots is just through the roof with COVID. Um, and considering the fact that we had some problems with the mail and people getting them returned, uh, we want to get them requested and returned early. So obviously getting that mailing out early to encourage people to, to think about it was a good idea. Um, But also, I think a significant part of it is that there are a lot of people, maybe a million people voting absentee who never have before. Uh, They don't know how to request an absentee ballot, some of them. They don't know where to request it. Uh, This was very nice because, A, it wasn't just mail-in voting. 
It went only to previously registered voters. Uh, and it went out uh, basically saying, hey, if you want to do absentee voting, here's how you do it. Um, there's nothing wrong with educating the general public. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, first, as you all know better than I do, voting has traditionally been a fairly, um, at least in the past few years, it's been a fairly polarizing issue here in Wisconsin. This is a great example of bipartisanship. And uh, maybe I'll get both of your your thoughts on this, starting with the general call. Um, What do you see as additional future bipartisan opportunities to strengthen the voting system in Wisconsin, areas where you think there, there could be common ground with Democrats and Republicans? That's a great question. You know, I, I'm hopeful that this will lead to other bipartisan efforts and that people will see how this worked and that this will encourage people to, to reach across party lines and work together. And, you know, this goes well beyond just the two of us. We're the Wisconsin co-chairs. Uh, but there are a number of members of this coalition, uh, including some organizations, yours, as well as the Milwaukee Bucks, um, former members of Congress, Reed Ribble, uh, Tom Petri, uh, Mayor Barrett, uh, and others. Um, so, so this is a real bipartisan coalition. And uh, finding ways to um, identify areas where we can improve access, uh, that's one area. And then ways where we could work together to make sure that our process is secure as it could be. And you know, sometimes those two principles can be intention, but I also think there are areas where they're not. And if we can identify places we can work together on those, I think that we're going to be moving in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And for uh, A.G. Van Hollen, bipartisan opportunities that you see on the horizon around voting? You know, around voting, I think they'll we'll continue to have some disagreements. Um, but even with disagreements, there are going to be changes. And the important part for from my perspective is that once the changes uh, do come to fore, that we embrace them as both parties and we move forward to make sure people understand what their legal voting rights are and what they are not. Um, You know, I don't think you see a whole lot of wrangling right now about changes that have been made to the law in the past, whether people agreed with them or not, because they are the law. And I think you'll see especially people who are interested in law enforcement, such as General Call and myself, who are going to be out there promoting the law as it is, And if it changes, we're going to promote it as it's changed, uh, regardless of what our personal political or policy opinions are. Absolutely. And and what's your gut instinct on on voter turnout? Do you think people will feel comfortable with the system and be able to vote in in record numbers? What what are you sensing from the either the data you're seeing or just from conversations you've been having with voters? <laughs> no, I've, I've I've been around longer than Josh. I've uh, I've been around a lot of different elections at different levels, a lot of presidential elections. I cannot recall one as heated as this. Um, and I think there are an awful lot of people in an awful lot of walks of life who aren't necessarily accustomed to voting, who are getting out because they're disappointed with one side or the other, or enamored with one side or the other. Uh, that with higher education on, on absentee balloting and ways to vote, I think is going to drive a higher voter turnout for us than we've had in the past. I agree with that. I was just going to add, you know, I also think um, it's, I think it's already happening, frankly, is we are going to see a, an enormous shift to absentee voting. Um, A.G. Van Hollen said he thought there may be a million additional uh, absentee votes, people who hadn't voted absentee uh, before who will be this time. Uh, I think that's the kind of scale we're talking about here. And um, you know, we saw that in, in April already and then in the uh, August primary as well. Uh, and so that is going to have a few impacts that people should be aware of. One is they need to make sure they're 
reviewing the instructions for their absentee ballot so that they fill it out appropriately and that it's counted. Um, and that includes signing their name on the envelope and making sure the, the witness signs their name and adds their address. Um, the other thing it's going to mean is, is a challenge for our clerks because, as you mentioned before, they uh, begin counting the ballots on election day, uh, even the absentee ballots. And in April, you know, they, they hadn't bought a bunch of machines for counting those ballots because they didn't know that a pandemic was going to be hitting. Now they've had some more time to prepare. It's, it's still you know, a matter of months and not years. And so I'm sure that there are a lot of clerks that wish they had a lot more equipment, but, um, but it's going to mean probably a slower count um, than we've had in prior presidential years, though I think uh, perhaps one that they're more prepared for than they would have been in April. Yeah, absolutely. I've got one more Serious question for A.G. Van Hollen, and then we're going to wrap things up with some fun questions. So for A.G. Van Hollen, um, you know, as we get to Election Day, I mean, it goes without saying there are narratives out there right now about whether absentee ballots and vote by mail is fraudulent and whether there are issues around that. So I'll frame it this way. I'm trying to frame it in a, uh, a way in which you can answer the question. Um, do you think the winning narrative by the time we get to Election Day is that absentee ballots are safe and secure or the absentee ballots are fraudulent and corrupted? Which, which narrative do you think will win out? Well, I'd go with the former. Um, I don't know that either party is dissuading people from voting absentee. I think a lot of people are confused by the, the throwing around the term uh, mail-in voting, uh, which can refer to a whole variety of things, including uh, mailing a ballot to every single person you can think of or every address that there is on file and seeing what happens. And you know that obviously uh, is more prone to fraud. Uh, our, our election uh, system in Wisconsin has been safe and secure, I think for quite some time. And with our absentee balloting system, which isn't new to Wisconsin, um, you do have to have a, a witness signature and address, things that can be followed up on. People have to list their name and address, things that can be followed up on. You know, photo ID is, is still an important aspect of these things. So. You know, even though there's always room for some fraud in every aspect of life, uh, I feel very comfortable that it's safe and secure. And I think that that will be the narrative. Uh, obviously, the, the party that does not prevail uh, may squeak a little the other way, but uh, I think it'll be taken as just that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. OK, time for the fun questions as we wrap up here. I'll start with General Call. So uh, I'm, I'm guessing that with your mom having run for office and you mentioned growing up in a political family, you've been on the campaign trail a bunch of times with her. So here's the question. What's the most unusual thing you saw on the campaign trail uh, with your mom? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, your listeners will know we didn't prepare in advance for this question. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm stumped. Um, gosh. Uh, it could be but, in your campaign as well, either, either campaign. Um, you know, it's, it's a really good question. Um, you, campaigns are a lot of fun because you interact with people in so many different contexts. And one thing that's really heartening is people really care about their communities all over the state. And they may agree with you or disagree with you on almost every issue. But, you know, it's not like what you see on TV where you've got people bickering. In, in real life, when you're out talking to people, uh, they are unified. Um, so that is a long way to stall for giving you an answer. <laughs> it's all true. Um, but I, I don't know that I have a great one. I, you know, my mom's last name was Lautenschlager, as you may know. Uh, and I have heard just about every pronunciation of, of Lautenschlager that you could possibly, 
uh, imagine. And to this day, because my mom and I have different last names, occasionally people will say to me, I had no idea that was your mom. And that, uh, that's always uh, sort of entertaining. But I, you know, I feel like I'm striking out here on a great, uh, <laughs> great softball. Sure, I AG actually, Van Hollen has some. Yeah. I probably have more stories, good stories about, about his mom than, than he does. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's an example of bipartisanship. You know, um, she and I probably couldn't be more, much more different from a policy or political perspective. We were always friends. We always got along uh, at both levels of government, both the federal and state level. Uh, and an interesting story about her, um, when we were originally campaigning for attorney general, of course, she was running for re-election and she had a, a Democrat primary opponent. I was running and I had a Republican primary opponent. We had a debate with the four of us and uh, her Democrat opponent attacked me over something. Um, and my Republican opponent piled on and General Lautenschlager stood up and said, no, he's right. <laughs> so wow. it was one of those interesting times where the, the party lines didn't matter. Uh, and I really admired her for, for doing that because uh, she was going to stand for what she thought were the important issues uh, regardless. Well, I think many people yearn for a, a kinder and gentler time like that. <laughs> but I've got a, I got a question for you, uh, A.G. Van Hollen, uh, which is I know your family really enjoys hunting. And, uh, and so I'm curious whether it's in Wisconsin or anywhere in the world, what's the best place or the most fascinating place that you've gone hunting? Uh, you know, probably the, where I live right now, depending upon what you hunt can be as, as great as you can have. Uh, we have some of the most tremendous black bear hunting, uh, probably in the world right here in my own backyard, as well as, uh, hunting for, for large bucks, you know, white tailed deer and grouse hunting. Um, but I got to tell you, I have, uh, my, my father has a place up in Canada, um, and we go up there, well, camp this year because the borders are closed, but we go up there duck hunting every year. And man, unlike sitting in a tree for three hours and not seeing anything night after night, when you're in a duck blind and they're flying all over the place and you're hanging out with friends and family, it's pretty exciting. I love it. I love it. Uh, General Call, any, any hunting stories uh, to share with us before we wrap up here? None, none from me. My, my, uh, my son, who's a six-year-old, though, is ready to go fishing just about anything. His, his grandpa and his uncle both do fly fishing, and uh, he has big aspirations. And I got to take him out on Take Your Kids Fishing Day uh, a few years ago, and the two of us collectively caught a fish, and I think that was a big highlight. <laughs> that, that's, a big, that's a big accomplishment, absolutely. <laughs> well, to both of our AGs, we really appreciate you coming on the show and what you're doing with the Vote Safe Wisconsin Coalition. Thanks for educating voters on how they can vote safely this year. And uh, to everyone listening, please do vote and vote early. That's the message, I think, coming out of the show. To uh, General Call and General Van Hollen, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to Meeting in Middle America with Stephen Olicara, sponsored by UW-Milwaukee, Waggett, and Bridgetville. This has been a WISPolitics.com, WISPBusiness.com podcast production.